Hello, what up? This is Kenny B from 254903 as always. And if you haven't been here before, then this is Faith Over Fear. This is my podcast, a platform aimed to inspire, educate, and inspire and promote others. And I'd like to thank you guys so, so much for continuing to check in and tap in with me every single week. All these episodes are up on Google Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. I post these links throughout the week, every week on my Facebook and my Instagram. So all the information that you need are there from the previous episodes to the one I'm doing today. And speaking of the one I'm doing today, I have a wonderful guest. Okay, so backstory. I love the show Boy Meets Work. I think it's better than Saved by the Bell. (laughs) My friends can kind of disagree, but that's neither here nor there. Well, if you know the show Boy Meets World, you know Mr. Feeney. Everybody has a Mr. Feeney. And Mr. Feeney was kind of the fluential figure in their lives. He was the teacher, but he was more than a teacher. He always made sure they were good, made sure they was on the right path, and encouraged them to be, the, be their best selves. And who I have here today is my Mr. Feeney, but she's not a Mr. She's a Mrs. She has influenced me so, so much, and we're going to get into a lot of that during this interview, but I have Miss Julie Hill here. How are you, ma'am? I am good, Kenneth. Good to see you, and I'm so glad to be here with you. You called me Kenneth, and you didn't call me little man. I know. How about that? You have grown up. I have grown up. (laughs) I'll take it. I will take it. Um, if you haven't been here before, then you know, if you have been here before, then you know, we start off with an icebreaker. I kind of got two for you because I know you so well. Okay. One, I know you are a huge, huge New Kids on the Block fan. Yes. Um, right stuff, please don't go. What's your jam, ma'am? Right stuff. Right stuff. Yes. Yes. All day. All day long. Okay. (laughs) And I have another one, which is kind of a story. Okay, let's go back. I was in high school. I'm not going to say how many years that was. But we went on a college trip to SFA, and our bus broke down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want me to expand on that? Yes, please. You? There you okay, go. Okay, so <laughs> I am driving this bus as yes. an avid student <laughs> to Nacogdoches, Texas, and all of a sudden we see smoke. Billowing from the bus. From the bus. <laughs> and let me tell you this. I look back in that big rearview mirror. Right. And the first thing I see are Kenneth's eyes as big as silver Yo. dollars. He was scared to death. Right. And right. Yeah, our bus was on fire. We had to you know, pull over, obviously. We had to evacuate. Right. Um, some nearby school district had to lend us a bus, and it was a fiasco. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was pretty nerve-wracking. That was pretty <laughs> nerve-wracking. But, um, like I said, I've been knowing you for years. Yep. I've been knowing you for years, over 10 plus. Yep. You are a teacher, as well as your mom is a teacher. Yeah. Did you always want to be a teacher? Okay, so when I was a little girl, okay. I was always busy setting up all of my stuffed animals mm-hmm. 
in my bedroom and teaching them. Right. I was their teacher, and I kept them in line. I taught them. Um, I ran a tight ship in my classroom in my bedroom. But because my mom was a teacher for so many years, right? Um, she actually discouraged me from being a teacher when I was younger. Wow. Um, I think she saw... You know, the struggles. When she started teaching, her yearly salary was $4,800. Wow. So she saw, you know, if you're going to be a working woman, mm-hmm. you know, you want to you wanna make money. Make money. And so she discouraged me from it, but she was passionate, and I, I saw her in action. I was in her classroom. She was the best high school teacher I ever had. Um, and I just, I learned so much from her that... I think in the back of my mind, I knew that that was probably my calling in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, I went off to college not intending to be a teacher, but that quickly changed. That quickly changed. Yeah. You uh, are a Texan, Texas A&M Aggie. I am. We took the college trip there, too. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, so it, your initial thought process wasn't to become a teacher. What would you initially want to be? I wanted to be a geologist. Okay. Of all things. Um, okay. I had an uncle who was, who ranked very high with the Exxon um, Oil Corporation, mm-hmm. and he was in charge of exploration in the Southern Hemisphere. Wow. He was big. Right. And, you know, I watched him growing up. I idolized him. Um, he had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that wouldn't be wouldn't be bad. Right. So I, I thought that, that I could be a, a woman in that industry and maybe make an impact. Mm-hmm. But um, after my first semester at A&M and looking at a thousand rocks, <laughs> um, I decided that probably wasn't for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now you decide to become a teacher mm-hmm. and you decide to come home to mm-hmm. Athens, Texas, by the way. Yes. What made you do that? In your home city, like everybody knows you, what made you say, this is where I want to go? You know, I love Athens. I always have. Um, I had a wonderful childhood here, Mm -hmm. and all the people that I loved are from Athens. Right. Um, Of course, I went off to college and made a lot of friends, none of whom were from Athens. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just knew, I I got married before my senior year in college, mm. which meant I was, I knew that starting a, a family was imminent. Right. And I knew that this was the town that I wanted to start a family in and raise a family in. And mm-hmm. so that, that brought me back straight back to Athens. And, you know, we're, I'm really close to my parents mm-hmm. and, and of course they live here and still do and actually are my neighbors now. And wow. so, yeah, so <laughs> that's a blessing. I bet your family I kind of feel adopted because mm-hmm. every time I see your mom and your dad, I always get a hello, checking in, how I'm doing, how's the family. And for you guys to kind of embrace me at that time, because coming into high school, I had just moved to Athens. And I was in Athens maybe two years when I met you, still trying to find my footing. And for you to take me in and I kind of had a reputation of being a bad student I can say that to most teachers but you never let that deter you from how you saw me and even when I did slip up get in trouble do things I wasn't supposed to do I you always told me what I needed to know 
And it was, okay, let's move on. And I'm not going to hold that against you. So for you to be able to do that with me, and I know with so many others, I thank you, ma'am. You mentioned your family. Mm -hmm. Now you're in a blended family. Mm -hmm. And you are a nana now. I am. Oh, my gosh. Uh, First of all, I'm not going to tell my age because I... Was student teaching with your children. Yes. They were my kids at the elementary school I was student teaching at. Yes. So now that they have kids and they are and have their own families is completely weird. And your youngest is 11th grade driving. Uh-huh. I, I don't know how to comprehend all of that. <laughs> but how is it being a Nana now? I'm going to tell you, being a mother is a wonderful thing. Yes. But being a grandmother just totally <laughs> blows that out of the water. I love being a grandmother and I, you know, I'm always try to be active mm-hmm. and try to, you know, stay young in a sense, you right. know, and, and go and do and, and be in shape and all those things and mm-hmm. I have never driven a minivan, nor will I ever. Uh. But if my grandbaby said, man, would you get a minivan? I bet you I would. I bet you would. <laughs> it's totally different. And I can love on them, and then I can just send them home with <laughs> lots of hugs and kisses. And um, But don't get me wrong. I would, I would love to have them all with me 24-7. They are I, precious. I think that second part is the favorite part. Get to send them home. Kinda. Yeah. But uh, you um, mentioned, like you said, that you went off to college Mm -hmm. and you ended up coming back here. Um, Did you always want to come to Athens? Always. Always wanted to come back to Athens. Well, I say that. When When I was a kid, my family took family vacations every summer. Mm -hmm. We would pile in the car and we would take off across the country. Mm -hmm. And so I got to see a lot of the country growing up. And some of my favorite places were um, St. Louis. Mm -hmm. I loved St. Louis. I loved Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, I took a trip. It was actually through high school in a public speaking event. We went to Los Angeles. Wow. And that fast pace, all that, just, boy, it... It got my attention, and I started telling my mom that I was going to move to L.A. You would have loved that's it. That's what I would have done. <laughs> I would not have loved that. No. I get I get road rage driving in Tyler. Dallas, yeah, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, right. and Dallas. So right. I'm just a small-town girl at heart, and and so I think deep down I always wanted to come here, even though I said I wanted to go to L.A. You said you wanted to go to L.A. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy you're here. Um we're starting a new school year. Yeah. Just got started. You excited? I'm excited. Um, you know, last year and the year before were both rough. I bet. As a teacher and as a mom, they were hard. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to maybe some normalcy this year. More so with like not having to wear masks mm-hmm. and all doing all of the COVID protocol. And that could change at any moment. Right. But, you know, it is feeling a little bit more more normal absolutely absolutely I bet what keeps what's the motivation what keeps you going the motivation would be people like Kenneth Hall (laughs) people who um, have blessed my life so much 
through, you know, being in my classroom and I get to see growth and I get to see leadership skills emerge. Um, I get to see maturity, uh, especially at the high school age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, like I mentioned earlier, I do think that this is my calling from God. Mm-hmm. I think this is what I'm created to do. And I try to do it with fidelity and I try to be my very best and be a good role model. And just having the potential to help mold a kid or help, you know, move them in the right direction, I think motivates me. Does your son, who's in 11th grade, enjoy you teaching at his school as much as you enjoyed your mom? Yes, he does. Does he really? Yep, he does. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, when Sarah was a senior, I taught, I've taught all my kids. Okay. When Sarah was a senior, she took me for everything she could, and I had her four periods a day. So wow. we spent half of every day of her senior year together, which I love. Um, uh, the next, or the year before that, I had she and Stoney both in wow. the same class. Okay. And that was hysterical. Um, <laughs> and then I had Seth in class, and he stops by. Anytime he's in my my hallway, mm-hmm. he stops by and raids my refrigerator. I always keep, you know, snacks and, and drinks for him. I spoil him that way. And now I have my daughter, Riley, who's a ninth grader in class. Wow. So I've taught my four oldest, and she thinks it's pretty cool, too. That's great that you have the relationship with them because, you know, in high school, you want to step away from your parents. And, like, for them to still see you as the person that they go to and talk to and feel comfortable enough to bring whatever issues or anything or just want to hang out with you, period, is amazing and that just speaks to the testament of the relationship that you have with them yeah i think so and i I think it's just a safe place and a safe Mm -hmm. person and um i i love it and i'm i'm glad they do too a safe space because that's what you were that's what you were to me and a lot of my friends and for you to continue to be there all these years later not that many years later (laughs) like i said i'm not telling my age on the show but um, for you to continue to be that shows that you treat everybody the same, mm-hmm. who no matter who comes in, and that that's truly the calling that you have, because for you to impact lives is incredible, and I like I said I thank you so much for the impact that you've had on mine. Um, you had a battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I remember getting the news I think I got it in a Facebook post maybe I had gotten it in a Facebook post or something mm-hmm. and my mouth hit the floor because at that point in time I had graduated but I hadn't graduated long enough and I'm still at games and things in the city so I see you all the time mm-hmm. so I was completely floored and I think I either messaged you or reached out to you somehow and made sure that you knew that I was there for anything because you were always there for me um can you talk about your battle with cancer now absolutely um it was a definite gut punch Mm. because at that time I was a single mom of three wow um I think Sarah was 17 and Seth was 10, so Stoney would have been 15. Mm-hmm. And um, but I but I was living life and we were doing good mm-hmm. and I I was in 
probably what I thought was the some of the best health of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, I had a, a knot in my neck. Mm-hmm. And it had actually been there for a while. I'd had it seen about once before. Uh, and they said they didn't think it was anything to worry about. And so fast forward a year later, it had grown to like the size of a pecan. And I went back because it was now painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back in... Jane, no, no, no. Let's see. I've got to think about this. I don't know. I went back and had a CT scan. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor said, well, I think we need to take it out because I, she thought it was chronically infected and that was causing the pain and all. Because with cancer, you normally don't have pain. Right, right. And so that's why I was always told, don't worry about don't it worry because about it hurts. It. But it hurt. So, right. <laughs> um, anyway, so I... I said, all right, let's take this thing out. I'm also a tennis coach, so I tried to plan it where I could have surgery and then I could be back in like a week to start up my season and all would be good. Um, so I had the surgery, and when I went back in to have the stitches removed, she looked at me and said, well, we have some work to do. Mm. And I, I just, like, my life flashed before right. my eyes. And she told me it was cancer. Um, She told me it was a very rare form of cancer. It's called adenoid cystic carcinoma. And she told me very straightforward, do not look it up. Do not Google it. Do not, you don't do it. Don't do it. So, of course, that scared me more than Googling it. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look it up. Um, And she actually taught at MD Anderson in Mm -hmm. Houston. And so she advised me because it was in my neck, which is considered a head and neck cancer, that I should go there. Right. Um, so, of course, I, I, you know, did what what she suggested, and mm-hmm. I went to MD Anderson and ended up having another surgery called a neck dissection, mm. which that really scared me because I thought that's just what you did to frogs in science class. Right. <laughs> but right. they dissected my neck. They took out everything that wasn't... Um, tissue or mus- uh, muscle or nerves mm-hmm. and when we went from there so then they started a treatment plan uh, I had to have 30 rounds of radiation so wow. that was five days a week so I had six weeks of radiation uh, my mother actually moved with me to Houston during that wow. time and my kids uh, lived with my dad mm-hmm. um, and so I started my treatment and you know, I was mad about it. I was, at first, I was just heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I, I asked the question, why me? Mm-hmm. Which later on, you know, I decided that was not a very mature thing to ask, but I did. And I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would go crawl in bed with my kids and I would just cry and cry and cry and I hold them. It. And it was, it was super scary and super sad. But then all of a sudden, uh, like a, a switch just flipped in my head and I was like, well, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to fight this and I'm going to beat it. And, um, the day before I left for radiation, I'm at church. Everyone in the congregation surrounded me to pray over me and they anointed me with oil. And in Mm. that moment, I just, the weight was lifted off of me and I knew I was going to be okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I just faced it. And of course, with help from friends and family and lots of encouragement from people like you and strangers. And, mm-hmm. um, and I faced it. And I, in January, I was five years clear. Wow. Yep. It's uh, an amazing story. Um, you spoke about 
your faith. Mm-hmm. This is called faith over fear. Um, talk about it. Your faith in God and your belief that everything was going to be okay. And talk about your team because I know, like you said, I reached out as well. But your mom and your family members and your church family who um, stepped up to the plate. And I know nobody gets through this alone. No. So. At least not not well. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it took so much in encouragement from other people Um, People stepped up on my team, as you put it, and, Mm -hmm. you know, fed my family and um, had prayer chains going. And, you know, my mom uprooted her life and moved with me. I mean, it it was it was all of that. Um, And I didn't ever really doubt once I got once I started treatment and I changed my attitude and I had the the weight lifted off my shoulders during that prayer and anointing Mm -hmm. with oil I kind of never looked back and I never doubted mm-hmm. God that he was there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom would tell this story. I had to, in order to have radiation on your head and neck, you have to, you have to have this mask made. And it's a mask that surrounds your whole entire head and goes down and surrounds your shoulders mm-hmm. because they, they clamp you to a table. So I would lay on a table and they would literally clamp my head and my neck and my shoulders down to the table so that I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very scary. Right. Um, and, you know, machines would start whirling and all, and I had to wear this thing in my mouth to try to keep my tongue from being radiated as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But in the first week, I was so scared during just because of that claustrophobic feeling that I would start singing um Jesus loves me, or boy, mm-hmm. I reverted back to those childhood right, songs right. that you know I knew from a, a little girl, and and that's kind of what got me through those those moments of of radiation. But you know, I do believe God had His hand in it the whole time, and why I was chosen for cancer, I don't know. I, I don't think that God necessarily places the bad things in our lives, but I think that. He saw me through mm-hmm. because I could now be a minister to other people Absolutely. who are going through bad things in their lives, whether it's cancer, um, you know, divorce or whatever is a hardship. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've done that. And, and maybe I could have, you know, an impact through my words or, or actions and maybe encourage someone else. He equips us. Yes. That's, what I, that's the word I like to use. I like that. See, I was educated by people like you. <laughs> uh, he equips us for these types of things. And mm-hmm. whatever we go through, you just know that I'm going through it for a reason. Yep. And I can get through it because of my faith and who I lay my my life to. Mm-hmm. It's him. And um, it's called faith over fear because fear can get scary. Mm-hmm. And I can remember myself being in a nursing home and before I had to lose a lot of weight. And i not comparing the two because going through cancer is totally, totally harder. But I didn't know how I was going to get. The fear was the, the same. The fear was the same mm-hmm. because I didn't know, like, all I knew was how I ate and how I dealt with depression and how I dealt with these different things. And I had to figure out a different way. Mm-hmm. And the fear of, will this work? Am I going to be able to do this? Can I do Can this? Can I do this? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've done it step by step every day. And it's hard. It gets difficult. But um, I am so, so happy 
that you are here and that you're strong and you're using your light to not only inspire me but inspire others than other than me you are remarried now i am i see you all the time and you have this blended family now <laughs> how is that family. it's a big blended family <laughs> but how is it you seem so happy yeah. and i'm happy that you're happy yeah thank you uh yeah it was different because uh you know i had my three and then when i met my now husband uh, and we married he brought three with mm-hmm. him and they were ages three four and eight Wow, so you were kind of starting over Boy, almost. I started all over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say it was all easy. Right. Um, and right now they're 8, 9, and 14. Mm-hmm. And then 16, 21, 24. Wow. So we, yeah, there's a lot of us. And, and now you add in grandbabies. Mm-hmm. But it, it's never a dull moment. And I love those kids. I don't call them step kids. Mm-hmm. I just call them my kids. And mm-hmm. And we, you know, we have blended well. We've been married five years. We just had our five-year anniversary. Thank you. And he's a wonderful man. Um, he's a hard worker. He's a good Christian example mm-hmm. to me and to our family. And I think that's probably why we work so well is mm-hmm. because he is a good Christian man. Right. And, and that, you know, that means a lot to me. And as, as you get older and you get more mature, you know, you start, you start realizing what's most important in a relationship mm-hmm. and and if god isn't the foundation of the relationship then it's probably you know not not even worth pursuing absolutely absolutely so i am so happy to see that you're happy you missing you being a tennis coach have you been watching the olympics ma'am? i have, have i have you? and i i am so into the track and field events i i've been watching them non-stop yes <laughs> anything that's on my husband and i turn it on every night and we go to bed watching the olympics and the kids are into it i get so excited and i am not one to run but mm. i love to watch some people run right um, it, <laughs> right it, it's been it's been a lot of fun and tennis it was always seemed to be playing in the middle of the night or right. when i wasn't watching but I've gotten to watch some gymnastics and swimming, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, ma'am, I am, again, so thankful and so grateful for you sitting down with me. Uh, I mentioned earlier that you are kind of the catalyst for me being on this sh- doing this show. Um, I don't know if you remember this. I'm going to tell this last story before I get out of here. Um, we had to do a paper and we had, it was a speech basically. And I forgot what the speech was about, but you, and I did it and I wrote it down, gave it, and you pulled me aside at the class and you were like, you are really good at this public speaking thing. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm 17, 16 years old at that time. I'm kind of throwing it in the back of my head. I'm not worried about it, but you and me doing this, you literally were echoing in my head with one of the voices that you told me. You were like, you can do this. You actually are really good. You eloquate, eloquate yourself well. And you are really good at this aspect. So you are one of the reasons why this happened, ma'am. I so, love that. And, and I, as we're sitting here and I'm listening to you talk, I just think about... How good you are, and Thank you. and how I'm so proud that you are doing this. Um, 
proud and happy to continue to have you in my life. Awesome. I see you all the time. Yeah, and I know. I love that too. We always catch up with each other and you see and your mama. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. She, um, you're one of the people she shares me with. <laughs> I have a couple of moms, and you're one of the people who who I share who she shares me with. Because I have, a, a, like I said, a couple of different ones. But you are definitely um, an inspiration of mine. Thank um, you. You, like I said, push me towards this avenue. And I just want you to continue to inspire, continue doing what you're doing because you're making a difference. And I know, it, I'm pretty sure teaching, it's not evident all the time. But let me tell you, as one of your former students, you are making a difference in those young people's lives and i just want you to continue to do that now i sure will. wish you nothing but the best um as always facebook kenneth hall jr um instagram kenny b 903 um i post these links all the time as i stated earlier um apple Podcasts, spotify you can get on these links and then get them on Anchor that way. And thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Welcome. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm going to leave my listeners, as I always leave my listeners, when you get the doubt, when you get the fear. You have to put the fear to the side and let faith be your guide. Amen. I'm going to holler at you guys next time. Bye-bye.